Have you ever been invited to a really good party? Now, it's an interesting and perhaps cruel question to ask right now because parties are not really something we could and, and should uh, or even should be doing. But the best party I've ever attended, it happened back in 2003. Uh, and before that party, Leslie Ann Howell and I stood at the altar and we promised to love one another until death parts us. And the party ended with us uh, walking out the front doors of our reception venue with everybody lining the path, cheering for us. It was, a, it was a chilly, beautiful night. And we hopped up in this carriage and we rode around downtown Nashville for a while. And while I don't remember exactly uh, what we talked about, I do remember being so excited and so grateful. We went back uh, a couple weeks ago and we watched the video <laughs> of our ceremony and reception, um, a VHS actually, that's how long ago it was, and we watched it with our children. And that was fun, them seeing Leslie Ann and I on our wedding day, and I don't look much older than our 11-year-old Howell in the videos, and Leslie Ann doesn't look a day older now to me. The preparation for that day was intense. Not for me, but for Leslie Ann. I, I remember how much work went into planning even the invitations, and that blew this little country boy's mind. I mean, what, what exactly was calligraphy, and why did it matter so much? <laughs> Jesus told a story about a big party with invitations. It, it's found in Luke 14. And it's a parable that serves as a continuation of a much longer conversation amongst the people of God about exactly what the kingdom of God is. And we've been having this conversation for a few months now as well as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount. It, this story picks up in the middle of a dinner uh, party that Jesus is having with a group of religious leaders. He was invited to it. And I know we've already heard the text this morning, but I'm going to read it again as we look into it. Uh, you can't read the word... Too much. This is the parable of the great dinner uh, in Luke 14, beginning in verse 15. When, when one of those who reclined at the table uh, with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he told him, A man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to, um, to tell those who were invited come because everything is now ready. So in a traditional Middle Eastern village, the host of a banquet invites a group of friends. However many accept the invitation, it, it determines the kind of meal to prepare. Is this a, is this a tenderloin gathering or is this a, a chili <laughs> gathering? You know, I officiated a wedding recently and the, the party was small because of, of COVID. And we did have dinner together, and the food was incredible. Uh, it's easier and more affordable to feed 10 to 15 than 100 to 150, and the same principle applies here. The more guests, the more strategic the meal has to be. On the day of the banquet, after the animals uh, are butchered and the food is, is prepared, we're back at our story now, the master will send the servant around the village with the classical phrase, uh, please come, everything is ready. Pastor and historian Kenneth Bailey, who 
I love reading his stuff. He says the language of this parable is still how, how things go today. It's still being used today. But some of the guests, as it turns out, they can't come. Look at verse 18. But without exception, uh, they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I, I've bought a field and I must, I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Another, another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going to try them out. I, I ask you to excuse me. And another said, I just got married. Therefore, I'm unable. I'm unable to come. These are familiar excuses, I believe, to the audience. These are not excuses that would have surprised them. They're not tired, worn out my dog ate my homework, excuses. The pressure that the first two expressed, uh, the, they were valid economic concerns. And we can understand that in a, in a time in our world right now where our economic realities are, are stretched for so many of us. These, these excuses were understandable. They were even honorable. The people listening to Jesus' story would have understood where those turning down the invitation, where they were coming from. But, but even with their plausible excuses, Jesus is describing people who did not recognize what the invitation was worth. Now this invitation in, in the story and how Jesus is using it, it's similar to what we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the treasure hidden in the field or, or the pearl of great value. And the hinge point in this story is whether or not those who were invited realize the value of the invitation. Je- Jesus wants us to understand the offer to take part in God's kingdom, which is here likened to a grand party. It should take precedence over any other agenda we may have. Let's not, Jesus is asking us, to to not let even our good things keep us from the best thing. It's, It's as if Jesus is saying to you, Dear child, you are invited. Don't hesitate to join. Drop what you are doing right now. Whatever you're doing is frivolous in comparison to taking your place at this party. The the parable offers us, those of us already living as disciples, and remember how we define what a disciple is. You're, You're following Jesus. You're being transformed by Jesus, and you're on mission with Jesus. It offers us, those of us following Jesus, the opportunity to consider what might stand in our way of accepting the invitation that is in our mailbox the, these hindrances are, are very often good things. Our, our excuses are likely to be concerning alternatives that are, are worthy of our time, but consequently render us unable to see the far superior choice of accepting the invitation. Now, those who ultimately declined the invitation, they were, they were bound to their attachments. Per, pursuing and participating in God's kingdom should be our ultimate and our only attachment. Matthew 6.33, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and then all these things will be given you. We, we should ask ourselves as it relates to any given attachment or priority in our lives, is, is what I am about here, what I am valuing here in this situation, is, is it a part of the grand party that Jesus is hosting? So, so one way for us as believers to look at Jesus' teaching here is this. We, we must not allow preoccupation or attachments to cause us 
to miss the party because Jesus wants us at the party. Now, another way I'd like for us to look at this is, is, is this. We, we can't make the party something it is not. We, we have to be careful not to live like there are some folks who are not invited, some folks who are not welcome. Back, back to our text, verse, verse 21. So the servant came back and reported these things to the master. Then in anger, the master of the house told his servant, Go out quickly in the streets and alleys in the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. The, the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame. These, these were those that were outcasts of, of society within Israel. The, these are the folks who, who would not believe they are welcome because they've been made to believe they are on the outside looking in. But, but we know different. We, we know all are welcome, right? We, we just went through the Sermon on the Mount together and Jesus taught us that, that the, the kingdom, the blessing that is in the kingdom is that everyone is welcome. That, that's the blessing. This is illustrated here by the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame being invited and, and welcomed into the feast. The text continues in verse 22. Master, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. There's still room. Then the master told the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and make them come in so that my house may be filled. That's one of the hardest parts of wedding planning. You often cannot invite everyone you want to, to the party. There, there's a budget for nearly all of us. Now, now that we have Hattie, this reality is not lost on me. So to not be able to find room on the guest list for everybody, that, that hurts. Hard decisions have to be made. Not in this party, though. All are welcome. Up until this point in Jesus' ministry, He's been going all through Galilee doing the very thing the Master instructs His servant to do in this story and inviting people to the party, particularly the lowly people. So our challenge today in light of this text, yeah, you know, what, what the moral of this story is, well, I ask you, what would it look like to celebrate God's kingdom so that the people at the bottom, those who feel picked on, stepped over, stepped on, would find that they're invited. They are specifically invited to this celebration. One of our greatest stories about a banquet is, is the one the, the father throws for his prodigal son in the next chapter in Luke, in Luke 15. And I remember Fred Craddock talking about never really thinking much about the party itself in all his years of preaching that story until a family up the street divorced and left three or four youngsters, girls, one of them attractive, prematurely mature, about 14 years old, and she was truant at school. She was into marijuana. She was always in trouble. She was always up before the judge, chasing around and hanging on the tail end of every motorcycle that went roaring through the neighborhood. She finally was so truant and, and so involved in, in misdemeanors that the judge said, you're, you're going to the reform school in southern Oklahoma. So she was sent away. 
to a detention home for girls about the fourth or or fifth month that she was there. She actually gave birth to the child that she was carrying at the time. All of this at 15 years old. Well, word came to the neighborhood some months afterward, Dr. Craddock explained, that she was coming home. Everybody was wondering, will she have the baby with her? Is she really coming home, back to the neighborhood? The, the day that they heard she was coming, Craddock says all, everybody in the neighborhood was, was out. They had to mow their grass because they wanted to keep an eye on the house. That's hilarious. So he was out there too, Dr. Craddock was, mowing his grass, watching the house. She never came. Nobody came. They kept watching. The house kept mowing the grass. <laughs> Dr. Craddock said his yard was down to about one blade. Or he was cutting it one blade at a time. That's what he said. Watching the house, waiting for a car to pull in the driveway. And then it did, and out steps. Oh my goodness, it's Kathy. And she's got the baby. She brought home the baby. And people in the house ran out of the house and grabbed her and took turns holding the baby. And they were all laughing and they were joking. And and then they went in. And then another car pulled in. And then another car. And then another car. And pretty soon there were a hundred cars outside. And they were parking all over the street, both sides of the street. And they're all gathering there, you know, and, and suddenly Dr. Craddock got disturbed and anxious and went in his house because it suddenly struck him. What, what if one of them saw him in the yard and said, hey, hey, Fred, she's home. She's got the baby. We're, we're giving a party. We'd like for you and, and your wife to come. Come on over. Let's celebrate. Dr. Craddock thought, well, I, I might have to say I've got a lot of work to do. Not sure I can, not sure I can make it. You see, if you lived next door to the prodigal son's father's house, would would you have gone to the party? It's easier to preach on that story than to actually go to the party. Wow. Jesus closes out this interaction with the guests at the the dinner party he's attending, much like he closed out the parable of the talents that we looked out last week. He closes it out with a a dire warning. Verse 24, For I tell you, not one of those people who are invited will enjoy my banquet. Folks, let's not miss our invitation. Let's, Let's not mistake this party for something it isn't. Search your hearts, friends. Do, do our lives reflect that all are invited to this party? Do, do you understand the good news of the gospel this way, that, that all are invited, that you cannot celebrate at the banquet acting as if all aren't invited? God sent His Son, Jesus, to live and to die a sinner's death. And even though Jesus was sinless, he, he took our place. He took your place and mine. And because of this, we don't ever have to be separated from God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We, we are invited to be a part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus likens that kingdom to the best of all parties. This is the good news of the gospel. Can you hear it? Can you hear the party going on, it is happening. And we don't want to miss it. 